Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. So a lot of us at DNVR go to Green Mountain Dental Group to get our teeth cleaned, to get any dental work done, to get cavities filled, to get wisdom teeth out. And we go there because, A, they're great people. They're locally owned. They're Denver through and through, just like us here at DNVR. They're located just 15 minutes from downtown Denver. And also, when you get a cleaning x-ray and exam at Green Mountain Dental Group, they give you a free Sonicare toothbrush. It's an awesome value. Probably one of the coolest deals that any of our sponsors do for DNVR listeners. A Sonicare toothbrush. It's like a $50 plus electric toothbrush. It's going to last you a long time. It's not some crappy knockoff. It will lead to a healthier teeth hopefully less dental bills in the future as well. So hit up Green Mountain Dental Group today, schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. They will give you a free Sonicare toothbrush. What is up, everybody? Welcome into the DNVR Nuggets podcast. I am not Adam Myers. I am Harrison Wind hosting today. Alongside Brendan Vote. Eric is also out of the office. I have no idea what those guys are up to, but they're not going to be having as much fun as us, Brendan. The average age of this podcast just dropped drastically. We're now one of the best young cores in the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love it. So we asked for some questions on Twitter from the DNVR community. We got some great ones, a bunch on uh, some potential trades, some offseason activities, some questions about the roster as a whole. So uh, we'll dive into that in a second. I have two items of note for you before we get started, though, Vote. Two news items that I want your take on. Um, Stan Van Gundy comes out of nowhere as a finalist for the Pelicans coaching job. Uh, I want your take on that. And then the second item of note, I don't know if you listened to any of the athletic NBA podcasts, but Sam Amick was on their NBA show on today's. And him and Dan Wojcicki just nonchalantly uh, insinuating that Dwight Howard was smoking weed in the bubble uh, after the Lakers won game six. I want your take on both of those. Yeah. Um, so I, I think uh, it's about time we've heard of Van Gundy in the running for a job, right? I feel like that's been in the rumor mill for like half a decade plus. Um, uh, either of those brothers getting one of these guys, uh, these jobs. The Dwight Howard thing, I don't think uh, that's surprising, Harrison. I also don't think he was alone 
We also know other, uh, co-champions Dion Waiters and J.R. Smith were on that Lakers team. So, mm. um, yeah, I'd be more surprised if that didn't happen. And that did – I was going down this train of thought. Like, how does one truly celebrate a title in a bubble when everyone's already left? Yeah. <laughs> it's probably anticlimactic. Yeah. I'm not surprised either. I was just kind of thrown off guard because I don't haven't really heard anybody talk about that. That was in the bubble. And they were like, right. yeah, well, if you were around the Lakers when uh, they were celebrating, it wasn't too hard to notice. So I just thought that was notable. Um, but yeah, I actually want to ask Mike about this on uh, yesterday's show. And if you guys missed yesterday's episode with Mike Singer, the Denver Post, who was in the bubble for five days and had a lot of really cool uh, behind the scenes details on just Great what episode. bubble life was like, the pickleball game, Scott Foster, et cetera. Uh, check that out. Um, I wanted to ask him what it was like after games because it, it's so much different from when there are fans there in a packed arena. From what a lot of reporters were saying that were on the ground inside the bubble, games would just end and it was just like dead silence. You know, like yeah. you, you finish this unbelievable game, but just like imagine some of those Nuggets wins over the Jazz, these unbelievable comebacks. And then there's just dead silence. You just like go back to the locker room and then that's just it. That must have been so weird. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. And it's a, a double-edged sword because if you have the home and away thing, you probably don't do the 3-1 comeback twice. But the flip yeah. side of that is like, man, like what a bummer it is to accomplish that. And then what do you do? Go back to your room, text your friends, you know, play a board game. I don't know. It must have been a really, really weird environment. Or yeah. even, even Jamal, when he posted on Instagram after the first night that he and Mitchell went at each other, 50, and then that was a near 40 piece for Jamal. And then they just see each other hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um, that cannot, must have been the weirdest environment as a competitor. And um, yeah, I probably would smoke weed too if I won an NBA title. I'll keep it real. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, with, with Stan Van, when was the last time? He, had the, he was fired in 2018, right? From that Pistons he was with the Pistons where he was the coach and uh, the GM. I just felt like that was notable because I hadn't heard his name. I've heard um, Jeff's, Jeff Jeff's Van name. Gundy's yeah. name brought up. It seems like he's probably going to be the Rockets guy, or at least that's how I read things with Ty Lue staying with the Clippers. But I hadn't heard Stan Van Gundy uh, pop up. It seems like he wants to get off Twitter and back on the sidelines. Big star on Twitter. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say in the beginning. Stumbled over my words. His brother's been in the running for a handful of years. Surprised to hear him. Although I guess like, look, 2018, only two years ago. So I'm sure this guy still knows how to relate to players. Still considered a sharp basketball mind. Um, it's it's not surprising in other, outside of the fact that like, you're right. Like we hadn't heard his name at all as even a dark horse candidate. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, those guys are proven. Those guys are proven as uh, NBA caliber head coaches. All right. Well, like I said, we got a bunch of questions from you guys. And I think going uh, forward, once we sort out a more uh, detailed kind of DNBA schedule, we're going to have one show a week totally dedicated to a mailbag, which uh, is going to be really fun. Probably going to do that live a lot. So uh, that will be uh, really cool when we get to that. But uh, we'll do a little bit of a mailbag today. So, Vote, do you want to uh, kick it off with question numero uno? We got some good questions from the, from the people today. This one, the first question comes to us from our homie, Josh Barnett from the land down under. It might be hard to tell because of COVID, but what is the vibe around Denver, Colorado with the nuggets? The Broncos are average. The nuggets are contenders. Um, When I visit there, he, when 
when I visited there, I struggled to find any other people wearing Nuggets gear other than on game day near Pepsi. I love that question. Um, he's absolutely right that it's harder to tell than ever, but that's just another reason why I was so grateful for the bar and the experience we had watching it there. You do get to talk to fans. We did get to see how much those comebacks meant to them. I mean, people were crying after the Clippers win, um, mm -hmm. coming up to me saying this is my favorite moment ever. I, I think things are trending up with the Nuggets all the way in terms of cultural footprint. Even with the local TV debacle, I still think people are all in. Um, and, and when you have the results of the season they just had, I mean, they can claim legitimately they're the best show in town right now. And I just think people are, as long as they continue on this direction, I think this city's just about ready to buy in. I got to agree. I think it's trending way up. And um, I had so many people, not that like aren't like big time NBA fans, but just I hadn't talked to in years that just would hit me up out of the blue during this playoff run and be like, man, did you see that Jamal Murray game last night? Did you see what Nicole exactly. Jokic just did uh, to Rudy Gobert on that, uh, in that game seven? Like I had so many people come out of the woodwork and just hit me up. That is proof to me that the Nuggets are definitely trending up. But, man, if we weren't in the middle of this pandemic, it's tough not to imagine what could be. Do you remember when uh, the Warriors were having those magical seasons in, like, 2016, 2017? And after games, there would be, like, a dance party outside Oracle. Like, somebody would be, yeah. like, blasting E40 on, like, yeah. a boombox. People would be, like, dancing – Look, I don't know if outside at Pepsi Center would have been like that um, after some of these, like, absolute thrillers. Like, these were some of the most heart-pounding playoff games I can remember in recent memory that Nuggets took, it apart, took part in this uh, playoff run. But I, I feel like we would have gotten some of those vibes just after games, just that type of atmosphere. So Definitely. And one of the coolest parts about Denver, in my opinion, is that all these, these stadiums and arenas are right downtown. And so you can just sort of spill into the city. There mm -hmm. probably would have been a lot of fun uh, um, impromptu after parties at the various bars in downtown. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a huge missed opportunity to, to not see that. Um, but I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I think if they keep winning um, and so long as COVID permits, people are ready to ra rally around this. And as far as the gear thing goes, I think since the rebuild, or the, the rebrand rather, we've seen that sort of ticking and trending up. You'll see folks, not just in Nuggets gear now, but almost all of them rocking the new logo and the new looks. Totally. I mean, this gear is just so much cooler to rock. Is, I, like, yeah. I live right next to a basketball court in the Highlands in Denver. And everybody out, well, not everybody, but a lot of people out there like have Nuggets shorts on, you know, have like Nuggets jerseys on, so um trending up for sure for sure good question so we have a bunch of in questions i'm gonna break this up i guess we'll do like internal improvement questions and then we'll take a look at a lot of trade and, and uh off-season target questions as well perfect but this uh this one comes to us from friend of the show chill Ducey. how good will the defense be if mpj and grant slide into the starting lineup can they be a top 10 to 12 defense like they have been in the last couple of seasons well the defense would definitely take a big hit from last year. Um, I mean, just like think about it on paper. You're going to be replacing Will Barton, who what he did defensively this season probably goes under the radar, definitely goes under the radar. 
Uh, you're replacing him with Michael Porter Jr., who struggled really all season defensively, improved a little as the playoffs went on, but still was definitely below average. And then you're replacing Paul Millsap, uh, who, again, is probably underrated defensively, for Jeremy Grant. And uh, we, we've talked about it all year. Um, but what Grant does defensively, his strengths on defense are so much different than Millsap's. Yes. Like, Grant, he's a great on-ball guy. I mean, we saw it in the playoffs. We, we've lamented over it tirelessly. Millsap is such a good team defender. He's such a better team defender than Jeremy Grant. Um, I think that, especially at the four spot, what would hurt as well. So, yeah, I mean, if you just swap those guys straight up, I think the defense would take a, a hit for sure. Definitely. And I think one of the goals, you know, we talked about getting MPJ into the fold, maybe bowl. One of the goals would be by round one, have you sort of uncovered that arising property of, you know, the length? When you go Grant and MPJ next to each other, those guys are really, really long alongside a six foot 11 guy in yoke with good hands and good instincts. Um, is there something that, that comes from that arises from that, that adds up to more than um, as you pointed out, these guys are as individual defenders, which would be a clear drop off from what we've seen. So there's a chance, but I don't think we would see that reflective in their, in their defensive rating across call it what 65, 82 games, whatever it is. Uh, maybe in the playoffs though, they'll have it sort of ready to do what we saw a little bit by the end of that Utah series. Yeah, so, I mean, what were they in uh, defense this season? Like 12th? I think 11th or 12th, right, yeah. I I mean, if that's your starting five and and that's your starting five for for most of the season, um, I'd say, like, best case, you're you're 10th to 12th. Like, if you play – like, if you get a lot of internal improvement from MPJ, if, um, you know, Jeremy makes some strides as a a team guy – you could probably get back to that. But I, I feel like that would be on the higher end. And, I mean, if you're the Nuggets and, and you are committed to MPJ and Jeremy Grant at the 3-4, we've talked about this, but you're probably just going to have to live with it. Like, you're probably just going to have to take those growing pains in the regular season. It's going to be tough. <laughs> yeah, It's going to be tough. But, um, yeah, you might just have to live with it. All right, let's move on. This one comes from to us from at Mario45T, uh, a, a topic I have gotten mad online about since the season ended. Do the Nuggets still go to the Western Conference Finals with Will Barton III? Is this a trick question? <laughs> of it course. Of course. Um, I don't think they beat the Lakers with Will Barton. Uh, I, I think they take another game potentially and they definitely you know push the Lakers harder with Will Barton maybe they push it to seven yeah Um, I think they could have definitely pushed it to six look the Nuggets shot I think 30 or like 32 percent on uncontested threes in that Lakers series uh Will Barton one of the most consistent shooters on the Nuggets this season one of the more consistent players probably their third best player throughout the regular season uh of I think they make the Western Conference Finals with Barton. Yeah, I'm not sure how they wouldn't. And, you know, what I saw was a team that needed a third creator and a third scorer. And then what we saw in those eight bubble games was that it's time to take the the leash off of MPJ or the training wheels off of MPJ. But he also wasn't yet ready. It's not like what he was doing in place of Will Barton was like, 
you know, bringing the team to a higher level was on the floor for some, some big runs. And I think the spacing made a difference. Teams do guard him regardless of what he's shooting, but he wasn't prepared, right. To, to really help deliver in that title run. And I really wanted to know if Barton was um, maybe he's not a playoff performer. We don't know. He was injured in that run. I just know that 16, six and four doesn't fall off of trees. Um, and usually teams are better when they have those guys active and playing. What is interesting though, and uh, I don't know if this is what Mario was referring to or not, but Will Barton started at the three this year. Right. Jeremy Grant started at the three in the playoffs. And it, it was a little insightful because Michael Malone said this towards the end of the playoff run. Uh, but he said that he always knew coming into this postseason, they would have to go through the Lakers or the Clippers. They would have to go through the Lakers that eventually he was going to get to a point where he had to play Jeremy Grant at the three. You know, it wasn't right. just right. at least how he put it. It wasn't only because Barton got injured that Grant kind of ascended to that spot at the three. Um, but you do wonder if that kind of transition, if you want to call it that, wouldn't have happened as fast if Barton had been healthy. Or does Barton right. move up to the two more without Gary Harris, obviously, in that Jazz series until game six? That's, I think, kind of the, uh, the uncertainty there. Um, yeah. How, how does the minutes get, get doled out there? And, and where is really Jeremy playing if Barton's healthy? All right. Let's do one more before we take a little break, I think. Yeah. Um, this, this one goes hand in hand with that last question. So going forward then, Harrison, who would you rather see start at the two guard next year? Gary Harris or Will Barton, assuming MPJ and or Grant are at the three, four somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say Gary Harris. I would say Gary Harris, and uh, if Will Barton is back, which uh, I think he's going to be back, just from talking to people, but um, I think he's more suited to come off the bench and kind of take hold and command that second unit, Yeah, uh, handle the ball a little bit, be the primary or the secondary option on that group. Uh, I think just Gary's skill set is more suited to be kind of the fifth option on a first unit, and Look, man, if he can just discover his shot, he'll be a great fifth option. He'll be a great fifth option. And uh, also defensively, I know I just mentioned earlier, like Barton was underrated defensively this year. But Gary's just more the guy that you can stick on that. No doubt. That one or two who's just going to be the primary offensive option for the other team. So I'd go Gary. Yeah. And you mentioned the, we just talked about the sort of assumed uh, growing pains, right. With MPJ and Grant replacing Millsap and Barton. And so it's just easier, I think, to buoy that defensive unit with the best perimeter defender on the team. And then while I do think Barton is the guy to optimize this five man starting unit while healthy, you hit the nail on the head. Like, Harris fit, slides into the fifth option better with a starting unit. And Barton is a guy that can run an offense um, mm-hmm. with a second unit and actually run an offense. That doesn't just mean Jack up here or ball shots. He can play a little point um, and he understands the game. So his versatility, I think I said this before, it almost hurts him here in this conversation because he just makes more sense in that spot. Um, so I'm with you. I'm with you. I do think, though, if you started Barton with that group by the end of the year, you would have a top three, top two offense in the league. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the shooting, the just how big of a threat Barton is compared to Gary Harris just on yeah. the offensive end. 
uh, there's not much of a comparison there. So I do agree. Uh, I do agree. Check out the Palisade Peach from Breck Brewing if you're looking so to good. pick up some beers this week. It's dangerous. I said it should come with a warning label because those things go down smooth. Uh, it's, it's a great option from Breck Brew, the Palisade Peach. If you don't know where to get Breck Brew, where you are located, check out the Breck Brew beer locator on their website. Uh, and also Breck Brew has you know tons of other great options as well. The Strawberry Sky, the Avalanche, the Vanilla Porter Jr. Can't go wrong with any choice from Breck Brew. And also if you're looking to go back to school, check out MSU Denver online. Really online classes is the only option that a lot of us have these days. And MSU Denver online has perfected the art of online classes. They've been doing online forever. So uh, they know what they're doing there. You can get an awesome education online awesome teachers who are just super engaging. They want to see you succeed. And the course content that you learn at MSU Denver online is super relevant. You're going to use a lot of what you learn in those classes outside of the classroom as well. I took a class there last summer. So did Ali Monroy, uh, our coworker here at DNVR. So check out their entire course list, msudenver.edu backslash online. It's an awesome option for every type of student. All right, let's uh, continue with these questions. All right, let's do it. Um, one more question in the internal improvement category. Uh, actually, no, we have two. We have two. Here's a fun one. Assuming the right places are put around him, is it crazy to think that Jokic could lead the league in assists one day? Hmm. I mean, LeBron led the league in assists this year. So I'm going to say no. It's not crazy. I don't think it's likely, but it's definitely not crazy. I do think, you know, we, we've seen Jamal now. He's either flirting with or, or we'll find out is now living in this superstar space. If you see a similar emergence from MPJ, um, and who knows, maybe even Bowl long-term. I do think Jokic is, is his dream world. The <laughs> ball is popping. I love this. And he's averaging like 15, 12, and 12, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so I think, I don't know if I would say it happens, but it's not off the table. Yeah, I don't think it's off the table. It's not likely, but it is possible. And I think this would be a total like late career Jokic move because he's such a good offensive player right now. Like he is so freaking good on the block. He he's so good at the elbow, just anywhere that you just need him to score. <laughs> and right. you just like sometimes just need him to get buckets. Um, but I could see a scenario where like late career Jokic is in Denver and just surrounded by all this talent, you know, when Denver is just this top tier free agent destination and they're, you know, getting meetings with, with all the top tier guys, uh, Jokic is just going to be at the middle of this thing still. And an older version of Jokic, I could see, you know, maybe his uh, skills have diminished slightly, but you know, he can still whip the ball around and just, you know, find everybody. So maybe a, a late career uh, moment. Lee career Jokic would love to average like six shots a game tops. Yeah. Um, I should mention, by the way, that last question came to us from Matt Robert. Shout out, Matt. And the one before that, uh, Will Barton or Gary Harris, starting at two or three, that was from at CT Fazio, 24. This last one in the internal improvement category comes to us from Jim Bruce. I love this question. How close does the front office really think the Nuggets are to a title? Um, and if so, what are they willing to do to get there? So not something we can necessarily answer outright, but I, I think something we can maybe speak on. I think they think they are right there. I said this, yeah. I think it was last week on the show, but 
the sense I get talking to people around the team is that they recognize that the window is open. Mm. And I think they're willing to make moves that they wouldn't have made, you know, a year or two ago or a couple years ago, more so now. Uh, now because that window is open. And what I mean by that is I think they'd be willing or more willing to trade, say, a future first-round pick now uh, right. for a guy that might be on a one-year deal or might be on a one-year deal with a player option. You probably know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And deal for that guy and give away draft picks than they would have been you know, two years ago. So right. I, I just think they recognize the window is open. They recognize the talent that they have, and they're willing to go for it. And I, I think that should be something that really excites Nuggets fans. Yeah, they're, I mean, you know, they're willing to run it back under the, the belief that this team was legitimately good enough to win a title, as is, especially with, with um, some growth internally. But this is also a front office that, while that pressure wasn't there, the pressure to get this done or blow it up or whatever – they've always had an eye and a hand on or a toe in the waters of, of that big move. It's something that they're constantly evaluating. What is that step? Is it time to skip a step and take the big one? Um, and I do, I, man, I, you mentioned earlier, like, does Will Barton get them past the, the Lakers? I think there are some people in this organization that feel they really would have liked to see how that series looked, yeah. you know, that, that if they're their third best player from the regular seasons there, maybe they are good enough. Um, I, I think the front office knows that they're contenders and I'm with you. I think they're willing to do um, whatever, whatever the next step is. They're ready now. They're ready to capitalize. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> Excuse me. So with that, we move to uh, a handful of questions regarding some free agency acquisitions, potential trades. This one comes to us from Kenneth at Kenny19811 with Millsap and Plumley's money potentially coming off the books. What moves do the Nuggets need to make uh, besides re-signing Grant? Specifically, would Cousins be a good pickup to replace Plumley since he has a good relationship with Michael Malone? Uh, I'm out on Cousins. Uh, I've just never been a Cousins guy. The injury stuff, the, the personality. Never thought uh, he'd be a good guy to bring in, but he does have the relationship with Malone still. I, I don't think that's going to be a route Denver goes or should go. It's funny, like, I'm sure we'll get to the holiday stuff in a second, so I want to avoid that. But Denver's going to be going up against – you're probably going to have to go through the Lakers, you know, unless you just get lucky and they get knocked out in the second round or something. Going forward in these uh, – just in the Western Conference. And, look, Anthony Davis is a load, man. There's not a good matchup for him in the league. Right. Uh, he's – Probably for his position, like one of the more unguardable guys in the NBA. Maybe one of the, like the top three toughest matchups in the league. There's just no matchup for him. Uh, but I do think if you're the Nuggets, you got to think about how you can make like life tougher for him. And uh, I would think the strategy against Anthony Davis uh, just in future seasons and, and future meetings would be, you know, not just for the Nuggets, but for any team that goes up against him. You want to just make him shoot jumpers. You want to push him out of the paint. And, look, if he's going to shoot like he did against the Nuggets, you're, you might you just – Yeah, you might yeah. not beat him. But I, I feel like the strategy most teams would deploy and the right one would just be push him out of the paint, make him beat you with the jump shot, don't foul him, and uh, just go from there. So what I would get at with that is – 
Denver might need to look to bolster their front court a little bit. And uh, that's why I think a signing like Tristan Thompson could make a lot of sense. Mm. Um, I, I think the big man market could be pretty squeezed this summer just with the amount of cap room that teams have. So right. some of these bigs could come pretty cheap. But Tristan Thompson's a guy who I think is attainable from a money perspective. Um, another guy I really like and who might be a little out of Denver's price range and who's probably just sticking with his same team is Serge Ibaka. He would be like, I think, a dream signing for the Nuggets, but I just don't think – don't see that happening. Um, so just a guy who adds some more girth inside, who's an experienced defender, you know, who's not going to foul a ton, who rebounds. I like Tristan Thompson. Man, Tristan Thompson would be awesome. Literally no idea what he would fetch at this point in his career, right? Uh, especially coming off that big deal and with, with the cap uncertainty this year. Um, really quick, since it seems germane to the conversation, at Ben Carey wanted to know about an Andre Drummond roll of the dice. I think that would be – that's not the guy you want to risk, you know, trading to grab the last year of his max deal. And then maybe he walks. You know, I don't think he gets Denver um, around any corners. But the idea of getting bigger in general is something something teams are going to have to consider, uh, you know, as long as the Lakers are in the running here. Um, uh, Omar Wen at Omar Wen wanted to know, what is the best player that Denver could realistically add with the MLE, the mid-level exception? And do you believe Millsap would return on a minimum deal? Let, let me say something on Drummond real quick. Sure. I, I think he's got – what, like a $28 million player option or, or something for next season, yes. which uh, he's definitely picking up. Um, Andre Drummond definitely wants to make $28 million, uh, next season. He's not going to get that in a new contract. So uh, he'll be picking that up. And, um, yeah, like you would have to combine a bunch of salary to get to that. And then if you're Cleveland, you know, you would definitely want like a first-rounder back for Drummond because you don't want like – Gary Harris and have Gary Harris's contract on the books for another year because you know right. you're getting off Drummond after this year anyway. Right. Uh, so yeah, I don't see that, and um, I don't see Drummond coming off the bench either. Yeah, uh, I, I, I just don't see it. Um, the best guy for the MLE was that the question? Yeah, I'm not prepared to answer this question. Let me do some <laughs> light googling. So I, I do like that there's been a lot of Gallinari talk. Can we talk about Gallinari for a second? I was going to bring it up. Yeah, let's do it. Um, Daniel Gallinari uh, spent a lot of time with Denver, is loved, I think, by the Denver fan base. Definitely. And I don't think left Denver on bad terms or anything with the front office. It was just kind of time to go. Both parties recognized that. And the Nuggets even facilitated a sign-in trade to get him to the Clippers. So mm. definitely no bad blood or anything uh, between those two sides. Daniel, Daniel Gallinari also still owns a house in Denver. His dad his slash family owns an Italian restaurant in Cherry Creek. Uh, he spends oh. a lot of time here in the offseason. He might be here right now for all we know. Um, but I don't see it. Uh, the M so the MLE is – the starting salary for the MLE is like 9.3 million and you can sign a guy to four years with like 5% increases. So it comes out to around four years for 40 mil. 
I think Gallinari could probably get a little more than that, I, I would think. But, but for those who don't know, um, he was recently asked if uh, getting paid or winning a championship is more important to him at this point in his career, to which he said uh, yes to winning the championship. He is not 20 anymore, he says. So, I, mean, I, have, I, have, I have a bone to pick with that. Okay. Didn't, didn't Daniil Gallinari not want to go to the Heat at the deadline? Oh, that's right. They might be right about that. And then they had to pivot and go get Iguodala and Jay Crowder for Memphis. Wasn't Gallinari their first choice and he didn't want to agree to an extension to Miami? Shut that down. We don't have any super producers to order around right now. I, I, could, I could be getting the details wrong on that, but, but I, I do remember something about that. Um, I mean, uh, is it is it too pipe dreamy to say Gallo for the MLE? Like, if he really is is putting his money where his mouth is this time, I I, I think it's a little pipe dreamy, but um, they'd be absolutely dynamic offensively. Can you imagine a five of Jamal Murray, uh, Nico Jokic, uh, Michael Porter Jr., Daniil Gallinari, and just Put whoever you want in there in that fifth spot. Put Jeremy Grant in there and slide MPJ up to the two. Put Gary Harris. Put Will Barton in there. That is that would be an incredible five-man offensive unit. That team would score a lot of points, dude. <laughs> they really would. By the way, you are right. Um, uh, a trade broke down when uh, when Gallo couldn't agree on extension with Miami. Mm-hmm. So wind is always. On top of it, don't well, doubt. Yeah, I don't, maybe, maybe he didn't see Miami as a contender. Uh, not many did at that time, at the time of the trade deadline. Uh, let's see. Some other MLE candidates. Serge, I mean, Serge Ibaka again. Yeah, I, I love that one, man. You, you're all over it, and I think I just, you would be. Yeah, I just don't see him leaving Toronto. I just don't. Why would you, right? Yeah. CC Kawhi Leonard. Mark Gasol. I don't think he ever officially retired. Right? Yeah, that was that was fake, right? Or like <laughs> the yeah. The Barcelona contract was fake anyway. Yeah. Um, so I don't think he would awesome. uh that would be awesome. Wouldn't Mark Gasol be awesome as just a, mm. a guy behind Jokic? He could you know just take on a, a lot of the non Jokic minutes, give you some physicality, some experience. Just the wise sage of basketball knowledge. Yeah, with, with what little they're working with in terms of potential cap room, I don't think he would do much better than walking away with either Gasol or Serge. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, well, we got a couple more heavy hitters, unless you've got some more candidates here. Uh, Bogdan? <clears throat> would he take the MLE? I don't know. Probably not. I, I feel like he would. he would feel like he can make more money right now. Joe Harris, probably a little out of that price range as well. Yeah. Bertans out of that price range. Um, you know, I like Jay Crowder a lot. I think mm. he'd be attainable with that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there are some options. Uh, there are some options if Denver wants to make a splash. And a lot of these guys might have to settle for a little less. Uh, Jamichael Green, mm. I like. I know he's got a lot of Clippers energy on him, but I like Jamichael Green. He can shoot it. Uh, he can kind of give you a couple minutes here and there against Anthony Davis. Actually had some decent defensive numbers against Davis this season. Uh, so he, he could be you know, not, not the worst option in the world. My guy Justin Holiday's out there as well. Keep that in the back of your mind. If you're around the Denver area, make sure to stop into the uh, DNVR bar. We have Strava Craft 
cold brew on tap. Uh, but if you're not in the area, head over to StravaCraftCoffee.com. You can subscribe and save 20% with a StravaCraft Coffee subscription. We know a bunch of you took advantage of that one-time code and saved 20% on your favorite coffee, but now you can save 20% again on that subscription. Get your coffee delivered every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks and 20% off any product you are subscribing to. Of course, StravaCraft coffee packed with CBD can help alleviate long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, aches and pains that you might be dealing with. So check out StravaCraft coffee today. Also, week five of football is in the books. Now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week six. There is no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of week six, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to their app store or head to the app store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to receive a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. On top of that, great sign-up offer. DraftKings offers great odds boosts every Sunday, not just in the NFL, but in other sports as well, uh, to help you make it rain. And also, um, DraftKings, of course, safe and reliable and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So make sure to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up and get up to $1,000. That's code DNVR to get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires a 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And uh, let's hammer out a DraftKings pick of the week real quick. Uh, we do one a week here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast. I was looking at um, the NBA Futures and they have their championship odds up for next season. Uh, get a load of some of these, Brendan. Let me know if you like any of these. Nuggets plus 2,000. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> Mavericks plus 2,200. Mm. That is enticing as well. Um, yeah, those are the ones that jumped out to me. Uh, so that's my DraftKings pick of the week for this week. You can get the Nuggets at plus 2,000 to win the championship next year. Get the Mavericks at 20, plus 2,200. Uh, so make sure to check out those odds on DraftKings Sportsbook. And again, you can uh, bet on anything on DraftKings. I would imagine that there's no way the Nuggets' chances of getting this done peak out any higher than this without that value changing you know what i'm saying like oh yeah these are going to be the best odds you you best, ever get it's the best value i think on and, and i would say next year would be the first year where i would enter it saying this is the real contention window mm-hmm. so that's probably that's a good value but all right man let's uh let's close this out with a bang here's an interesting thought um Kind of crazy. It seems like we're sort of past this discussion by several years, but might it be better to slide Jokic to the four and get a two-way center or defensive center by trading either Harris or Barton? This is, comes to us from the Mad Drive, and he's looking at Miles Turner. What are your thoughts? A lot of people are looking at Miles Turner. He's, a he's been a big, uh, a lot of Turner conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to say no. Um, I don't know why you would make such a drastic pivot now. 
like after getting to the Western yeah. Conference Finals with this alignment. Look, uh, the, the Lakers are like a great team. Um, they have some great length inside. But look, JaVale McGee was not a, fa- a factor against the Nuggets. It was really just Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis. Dwight Howard is a free agent this summer. Uh, I don't think he's a candidate for the MLE for Denver, so don't even start thinking about that. Um, But he could be elsewhere. So it's not like this insurmountable length in L.A. is going to be here for the next 10 years that Jokic and the Nuggets have to go through. Yes, Anthony Davis will be there. Uh, but like I just talked about, I don't think you can bring in anyone, Miles Turner included, and just, you know, really limit Anthony Davis a ton. Uh, you can do little things here and there, but there's no shutdown option that, that's going to totally lock him up. Um, so I don't think Denver should, like, make that drastic of a change now. Yeah, I'm with you. That seems crazy. seems like you're opening up more questions than you're answering. But, you know, I understand the thought of sort of looking at this, like, let's just beat the Lakers. And from that perspective, I get it. Um, but I, I think, like, part of it would be Yoke just needs to be better next time. It's one thing for the Anthony Davis matchup, right, to, to be such a factor, but he's too good to let whatever Dwight Howard was doing, legal or otherwise, throw him out of what he wants to do. So I, I'm with you. Um, okay, final two, probably closely related this one's a little open-ended. It comes to us from uh, Nick at Nick. Uh, he, he, man, I think. Uh, in terms <laughs> of what's realistic, what is one trade and or free agent signing that in your mind would make this an A-plus offseason for the Denver Nuggets? If they get Holiday for the package that we talked about with Mike and the package that I feel like we've talked about a lot, the Gary Monte Morris and a first. Um, that's an A plus move in my mind. That's an A plus move. Uh, you slide holiday in at the two, you get better defensively, you get better offensively. And I know everybody's worried about holiday. Um, his contract, he's got one year left, then he's got a player option for the next season after that. I think that actually works in Denver's favor because that is running out right when you have to potentially extend mm. MPJ. And then, you know, you can make a decision on, on holiday then. You probably won't have enough money to pay his next contract if MPJ is who you think he is. Um, but it, it also provides you an opportunity to pivot. and doesn't tie you down to holiday long term. So I think that's an A-plus move if they can get that done for that package. Well said. I strong agree. I think it would take, if you're going Monte, I think it would take two firsts, Monte and Kerry, which I would still do. I mean, I really think you're at the point of what's a late first round or two making your first ever finals appearance. And I, I, you, Denver is so close that, I mean, Drew Holiday is a great, great player. That's probably good enough. It doesn't necessarily have to be, can you get Giannis on a rental year, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're past that. So I'm with you. If you can make that move, I think you have to do it. But that does bring us to our final question. Um, it comes to us from Connor. And it, it, I think it was based off that Singer conversation. Do you want Drew Holiday if it costs Gary and Bobol? Mm-hmm. Um and, and I think maybe a pick considering um, 
the cost of the trade and also what it would do to Jamal Murray's usage and would that sort of hinder Jamal Murray's all-star development? So with the holiday thing, you could probably play the other side of the coin and say holiday is um, 30 years old. He's going to turn 31 during next season. Uh, I'd say he, he's still in his prime, but you know, this next season could be the start of kind of his regression. Uh, He'll still be a very good player, but he's, probably on the downside of things. Uh, so you could say that. I still think he, he's, you know, a 16-game player if you want to put uh, that title on him. I think he's a guy you want in the playoffs, et cetera. Um, the bull thing is tough, man. And it's crazy because if you just look at it in, like, a vacuum, a second-round pick who's only played, like, <laughs> seven games yeah. for you and you don't even really know what position he is and – <laughs> it seems crazy that you wouldn't want to include him in a deal like this to get an all-star caliber guy like holiday. Uh, but just from the flashes that bull has had and from what we hear behind the scenes about his work ethic and how quickly he picks up things and how excited the front office and this organization is about him. God, that would be tough to part with. I think this is the ultimate um, are we skipping steps? What's the next step sort of crossroads? And if you really believe in the internal growth, you know, if you're, if you're, you're trying to go all the way here and just shoot the moon and just hang on and, and never cash these chips in, but just see if, if it's enough. Like Bull Bull is that dynasty piece. We've talked about it. You hit on MPJ. And then if you hit on Bull next, you're running lineups that people cannot counter. And there's a chance at, at one, maybe multiple championships. But the flip side of this is you are the Denver Nuggets, and in your NBA history, you have never even appeared in the finals, let alone one. And if you're this close, can you afford to wait on two kids versus just punching it through, getting it past the one-yard line and into the into pay dirt here? And I, I do think it's realistic to look at Drew as that piece. And so this, to me, this is the question of how much do you trust internal versus, you know, we can't risk it. This is our window. It's also um, about how much you trust just like your sense for team building. If you're the front office, like if mm. you honestly believe that holiday, guy, he is the guy that's going to, you know, make you, or he's going to put you potentially over the top against the Lakers. He's going to, you know, put you into a driver's seat uh, to get to the finals. If you think he's that guy, yeah, you probably give up bull. You probably do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but if there's some doubt there, that's tougher. And, um, like, I really like Holiday, but I, I don't think he's um, – I don't know if he's that, you know. Like, he makes you a better team. He doesn't necessarily make you – better than the Lakers. But then again, I don't know if there's a guy out there that does that's attainable. Right. Right. So it's like an impossible question. I do think if you're the Pelicans, would you rather have a first or would you rather have bowl? Bowl. Now I don't know if they're going to feel that way though. Cause I know I'm saying Denver's current roster, right. Based on everything we hear from the front office, but all these teams had a chance to draft bowl in the first round and even shortly into the second round and they passed. So do they view him the way Denver does? I'm with you. I wonder if they would rather a first-round pick. It's almost like the Jeremy Grant thing. 
right? Two Denver, I think, Bulls value might actually be at a peak because of what that would mean alongside um, MPJ and Jokic. All right, man. Uh, a good set of questions there from the people. Yeah, those uh, were tough, especially that last one. I wouldn't want to yeah. have to make that decision. Nope. Um, but I think you're officially in good problem to have territory if you're this front office, if you're a Nuggets fan. Um, exciting times. And uh, it's, it's crazy to think that not even a perennial all-star, just a Drew Holiday type is sort of – he might be good enough. He might be good enough to push them over the line, and they really are that – Yeah, he might be. All right, thanks for the questions, guys. Like I mentioned, we're going to be doing these mailbags – uh, weekly live as well from the bar a lot of the time too so uh, be on the lookout for that and we'll be back with another episode tomorrow talk to you guys then hey guys make sure to download wgt world golf tour from dnvrgolf.com it's honestly the only phone game i play one of the only phone games i've ever played it's super fun you can play with 20 million people online and on weekends we host tournaments here at dnvr on WGT. So download WGT. This is how you register for those tournaments and just search for the DNVR Three Country Club. A couple weekends ago, we had a closest to the pin challenge. The winner walked out with $200 cash. Second place got $100 cash. Third place got a bunch of cool DNVR swag just for playing a golf game on their phone. It's the easiest money you'll ever make. So make sure to download WGT from dnvrgolf.com and then search for the DNVR Three Country Club. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 